Hello, and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 35th episode in a weekly series called Wingmen. Last week's episode was a discussion with Greg Kasavin, creative director of the popular game Bastion from Supergiant Games. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today's Sunday, September 18th, and today I speak with Michael Sr., Trick, and Eeg longtime friends and guildmates. I've had people say that I should be more clear in my introduction about who the people are that I'm going to be interviewing that day and my reason for interviewing them. And I think that is actually a good tip. So today I'm going to be interviewing uh, Michael Sr., Trick, and Eeg because of their friendship, because of the very rare uh, real-life friendship that they all share, and the fact that they're all in one guild together and seem to work as players Uh, in spite of or maybe because of that friendship. So let's talk to them and see how they manage to keep such a rare thing alive and talk a little bit about some of the games they play together. Before we get to them, however, let's do news of the week. Oh, and greetings, guys. How are you? Great. We're doing good. How you doing? (laughs) Good. News of the week. Did you know there was originally going to be a Game of Thrones game? Uh, Here's a bit from an article from Joystick Magazine by Justin McElroy, and he said, If you're a lover of fantasy books, fantasy video games, or God help you both, you're going to want to sit down for this one. According to a report from EGM, Bethesda was in talks to adapt George R.R. Martin's supremely popular Game of Thrones book series into a video game. The Elder Scrolls people almost bought the Song of Ice and Fire to your favorite video game console. We'll give you a minute to go grab your inhaler. What ruined this dream collaboration? Skyrim. Stupid, terrible Skyrim. And then he quotes, We wanted to do our own world, and that's what we put our time into. Before we even making Skyrim, there was a conversation with George Martin's people. Studio head Todd Howard told EGM, They thought it would be a good match, and so did we, actually, but then we thought about it, and this is where we wanted to spend our time. It was tempting, though. So update for everyone, we hate Skyrim now. Sorry, kid, those are the breaks. That's from Justin McElroy. Uh, so maybe someday there will be that video game for you, but I'm looking forward to Skyrim myself. You can think about that while you're playing Space Marine this week. And Sony has been hit with a number of class action lawsuits for the PlayStation 3, mostly due to the decision to retroactively remove Linux support from the console, and also for losing your data, <laughs> again. They solved this by declaring that if you click update the next time that you're going to update your PS3, you avoid any rights to take part in a class action lawsuit. Sweet. The only option left for consumers, if they agree, is binding individual arbitration. <laughs> Sony, you're still our favorite uh, gaming community, and we, we really feel the love there. Thanks. Sure. So in order to get an update, you have to bow out for that. Yes. Basically, if you want to update, you have to void all of your rights to participate in that lawsuit. Otherwise, no update for you. I can feel the love right uh, now. Yeah. I think that they're going to get a lot of you know, letters and emails saying how much everyone really appreciates that. You know Something we, tells me, though, that people that play Sony are not the type that write letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
here's, Ouch. here's what we should do right now is just go out and buy as many used PS2s because obviously they're going to go back to those at any minute. <laughs> they might be more secure. You never know. Also, Syndicate, if you liked that game, is coming back with a new game in the series from EA. It's scheduled for an early 2012 release on the PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. And now I believe it's time for a Tech Talk. And Alan will tell us more about his very favorite company, Sony, and a little bit more about what's going on in tech this week. So let's hear it for Tech Talk. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk, a segment on the Gray Area Podcast. This is Alan, your segment host. As usual, I'd like to thank my friend, Genesee Gray, for allowing me to be here on the Gray Area. This week on Tech Talk, I will be talking about Sony's changes to the PS3's Terms of Service and other events that happened in the world of tech recently. Tech Talk and News of the Week. This week in tech, Sony has got itself in a firestorm of controversy with the silent changes slipped into the PS3's TOS or Terms of Service. The change was slipped in via a mandatory system update. Now, the question is, what is the change exactly? Well, after deciphering legalese, you basically give up the right to join a class action lawsuit against Sony itself, assuming you are not part of one already. You can opt out of this, but the catch is, of course as always, that you have to send a letter to Sony within 30 days of accepting the new license agreement. The lawsuits against Sony are coming from several sources. The first being Sony's decision to remove the ability to install Linux on the PlayStation 3. The second, and probably bigger of the two, is the data breach that hit Sony earlier this year and the following service blackout because of the system compromise and data breach. Now, I'll take a reporting hat off to respond to this. Sony, the lesson here is very, very simple to learn from. Do not leave unpatched systems facing the internet without a firewall. Here is also what happened to tech this past week. Microsoft rolled out the Windows 8 Developer Preview at its build conference. It is available for anyone that wants to download it, but please pay in mind this is a pre-beta version of Windows 8. The build comes in three flavors, 32-bit or x86, 64-bit or x64, and another 64-bit version for developers. The hard disk drive turned 55 this year. Our friends of the video game community have contributed information via a game called Fullit towards combating and possibly curing diseases. The Star Wars Saga has been released on Blu-ray. And finally, and unsurprisingly, Microsoft has stated that it's finally giving, in its words, the death stamp to Windows XP, and that it will not grant another extension of support beyond April 2014. It looks like my time is up for Tech Talk this week. Back to you, Genesee. Thank you for that episode of Tech Talk today. Now, on to you guys. Uh, as I said, it's been a while since I've had people on that I have no background or research available for. So this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call winging it. <laughs> now to you, Michael Sr. What is your news of the week? My news of the week is I'm looking forward to the on com- the ongoing news about Star Trek going free to play. Okay. Because I really want to play it, but I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, is that I don't know if you know, but there's a picture of you up on the internet. Um, I get a lot of spam tweets saying that just to get me to click on people's names, but I never believe it. So, a uh, picture of you and a T-shirt that says "Don't blink," and you have some interesting ears. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> possibly could could have happened. What what happens at Dragon Con stays at Dragon Con, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> Unless it's to the internet. <laughs> 
Patrick, how about you? What's your news? I uh, found out blue is a color. What? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then we, uh, we had some of them days, you know, where the sun comes up and then it's set. And then uh, we moved on. Good time. Blue is also a microphone. Anyway. What? Kind of funny because I'm, I'm, I'm broadcasting from a, a laundry room deep inside somebody else's home. <laughs> Most secret agents have a better deal than that. Yeah, well, I'm not a secret agent. I'm one of those Unabombers that breaks into people's basements, and then they didn't lock their Wi-Fi, so well, what the hell? I'll make the call from here. Oh, man. <laughs> Eeg, what's your news? <laughs> well, I've been playing Artificer now for about a week on DDO, and I found that it is by far the most overpowered class I've ever seen in this game. Yay! Yeah, there's like four or five different things that you can do that make you a superhero, If even if you can only do one of those things. But when you can do all five, forget it. Wait, wait. I want to I actually see this. this. This should be set up. I want to see a grudge match between a monk and an artifice of the same level. <laughs> hmm. No chance. Monk has no chance. Because really? my Warforge Artificer heals himself at will. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you guys all play DDO, I believe, at least. And also yeah. P&P. Um, I'm not sure which edition of Dungeons & Dragons. I, I think that's what it is. Can you tell me what games you guys do play? Uh, maybe individually. Let's go. Trick, I, I just have to ask it. Trick first. Uh, I've been actually getting into a lot of first-person shooters on the 360. Okay. Uh, Call of Duty, Homefront. I, I do enjoy Left 4 Dead. I got into uh, Dead Island, the, the newest game for mm-hmm. zombie killing. It what just kills me that you need a recipe to make a baseball bat with nails. <laughs> I haven't played that. I've heard a lot of things that it's really uh, fun, and I've also heard some bug stuff. What do you? How do you find that game? I find it fun because, unlike most of the other games, you don't get a vehicle. This, you can actually get a pickup truck, and you get an award for running over X amount of zombies. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, Eeg, let's move to you. What games do you play? Well, I'm DDO or bust. Um, although I have to say um, that I saw on, uh, <laughs> I saw recently there is a new game out called Tea Party Zombies Must Die. Oh, I have not heard of this. Share. Yeah, supposedly it is a, it, it is a, I think it's a flash-driven game um, online, and uh, you can, you are in a post-apocalyptic Fox studio, and you are shooting zombies such as Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Shan, uh, what what is his name? Uh, the really crazy one. Oh, Glenn Beck. <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is something that's out there that I may try at some point. But you know, officially, I I discourage um, the disparaging of uh, public officials. Right. Good stance. Unless they're dead already. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Michael Senior, how about you? Well, since I'm a Family Guy, I pretty much play DDO tabletop roleplay. I think my highest accomplishment and proudest moment is when I play Barbies <laughs> with my two daughters, not by myself. The actual Barbies <laughs> or a Barbie game? Because I think there's no, both. actually Barbies. Actually Barbies. Okay. <laughs> Real live tabletop Barbies. <laughs> and, and we don't, we don't, I don't play with the Ken doll. That, that's official, you know, on the record. <laughs> Do you it's have the car? Th- oh, no. You don't have the car? We use my daughter's remote control Jeep as their vehicle and okay, run over could, things. You know what? I bet you I could go into the basement of my house and dig out the old Knight Rider. The kit? Use... You could ride around in, in you got a Barbie, Barbie ride around in kit? That would be fantastic. <laughs> 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 Moving on. I don't think Michael's that invested in the Barbie game. 
perhaps well, he needs to move on. He's invested in his daughter, so you just, you never know. That's true. Very nice. Okay, so take me back to how you guys met and ended up playing together in the first place. Um, Eeg, let's go to you. Oh, gosh. All right. So we had a friend long ago that united us all. And then um, as we grew up, we, I guess, when did we start? Uh, high school? Yeah, maybe sophomore year? Maybe it, it, was it sounds like Voltron. So. Take me back to the united part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I guess we started playing. The core group started at around 16 playing first edition Dungeons and Dragons. And then we moved to second edition and we picked up some more people. I remember, did I introduce you to the group originally? Michael. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Michael Sr. Uh, yes, you did. Okay. All right. And then, uh, and then the core group moved from being with an old friend to now being with Michael Sr. And we've been playing off and on now with pauses of sometimes years. But we've been playing off and on now for the better part of half our lives. When you say the core group and what you're playing, can you define that for the listeners? Well, the what we've been playing has been evolving. We started out with first edition very, very early. And then not too long after we started playing, second edition came out. We played second edition Dungeons & Dragons for a long time. Then third edition came out, we picked that up, and we moved to 3.5. And then when 4 came out, we uh, universally discarded it and went back to 3.5. I know how much Michael Sr. loves 4E, which is what I play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he had a, he had a uh, picture on his uh, on his desktop of a woman on a Segway pushing a stroller, and underneath it it said, fourth edition. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a pause because we're losing Trick. I think he's been discovered. He better flee the location now. <laughs> Someone Run, turned trick. off the fire. He Run. lost his connection. All right, Michael Senior, let's go to you, and you can. Would you like to add anything to what Eeg said? Well, sure. Um, I uh, actually remember pretty much exactly what happened when I met Eeg. We uh, we were both in a bowling league in high school. I'm the senior member, by the way, of this Ooh. group. I'm uh, a couple years older than Eeg, and many more older than Trick. Um, I actually walked up to be a jerk and teased him because he was using a pink bowling ball. <laughs> and then he proceeded to beat the pants off of me in bowling, and I gained respect for him. And then Amen. that's how... Pink bowling ball. It was 14 pounds. It's all the 14-pound bowling balls were pink. I can't help it. <laughs> are you saying that uh, the lighter bowling balls are for girls? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Just that all 14-pound bowling balls, the house ball at the bowling alley, all of them were pink. So I had no choice. Okay. So it went from me being a jerk to becoming like really good friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a neat story. That's his story. At least. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I still hate him to this day. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, he uh, bashed me in the head with the ball, made, told me I was homophobic, and then didn't talk to me for two years. No, not no. really. <laughs> Just the talking for years part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. Uh, Trick came on a little later uh, with that same core friend. And he, uh, you know, he joined in and he fit right in. And a person that came along with him, we quickly discarded because he was not the personality type we wanted to hang out with. Okay. And do you all play DDO as well? We all play DDO. Uh, everybody except for Eeg is in the guild. Technically, Eeg is uh, is is an individual and likes his own good guild <laughs> names. So he left us, and but he was nice. He left his guild renown with us because he has to look at us and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, it's pretty good. He's got some good guild names, but yeah, we all play together. And uh, I think the most enjoyable part of it is 
that we will sit here and role play somewhat in my rec room in my downstairs why we play because we all play in the same room together yeah tell the listeners about that i like that story so we all load up i have the mondo super net gear i don't know what it is we'll call it the t1000 and um, (laughs) (laughs) and we have uh, somebody's hard lined in everybody else is wireless i have the mega super um liquid cooled pc and we all just run uh as a matter of fact i actually output my pc I dual screen it to my flat screen because I'm I'm an attention whore and <laughs> people to know what I'm doing. So <laughs> you want to project and watch over the big screen what he's doing. And since he's the cleric of the group, the healer, that allows us to see where we should be oh. <laughs> in reference to him. Um, but uh, no, we all we all run together. And what you were talking about with role playing at the same time is um, we really. Uh, there's a lot of times now, sometimes we don't, but there are times that we're, we've been playing for a while and we're really into it. We are talking as our characters and it can be really funny because, you, you know, for instance, I'm a dwarven barbarian, which is very different than what I am in real life. And, you know, then, but I, but that's what I end up acting like. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it makes for a lot of fun. Now, give me an example of how you role play this, because Tinzian was kind of teasing today when I explained how cool I thought this was, and he was saying, "Verily, I swing my sword into thee," and like going, and it was not cool. I, I haven't. I'm sure that it's not like that. Give me how you're how you're role playing your dwarf, let's say. And Michael Senior, you're the cleric. What what race are you? I'm a human. You're a human. Okay. So pretend that he's healing you and you're looking at the big screen and you see that uh, he's he's not healing <laughs> the way you'd like him to heal. So, <laughs> and, and your health is dropping, Eeg. So what would you say to Michael Sr.? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I say. I don't, I don't call that role playing. That there happens to me. There's a whole lot said because I die so fast because I draw so much aggro and take so much damage. That um yeah he he usually has to spam uh his health his health buttons in order to keep me alive um but it's more like uh, if I'm if I'm playing alongside of him we work pretty seamlessly but there'll be times it's like hey get out of the way I need to hack this guy down or you know you only have a mace I have a giant great axe get out of the way the poison trap that's all I'll run through that <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's the other thing is I'll stand back I'll take I'll take the damage I'm kind of like the crash test dummy of the group okay run through it. If there's a trap supposedly in front of us or something just looks shady, uh, I run out and, and, and I catch the trap with my head. Oh, that sounds like the tank. It's a typical tank. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. It makes it fun for the healers, I like to think. Yes. We've got to keep them occupied. That's right. When my rogue I... steals aggro, it, I'm just making it exciting for the healer. It's bored yeah. otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> you know I'm rolling my eyes when you say that, right? <laughs> I guessed, because I also role play and picture the air quotes with the healer when I yell things like, you suck! That's called role playing as well in my world. When we do that, though, sitting in front of our computers, our friends can hear it. That's the problem. (laughs) That's true. That would be difficult because there's a lot said that doesn't get like put into vent or mumble when you're you're talking. That's what that button, push to talk, is so wonderful for. Yeah. yeah. So we we don't have headsets to monitor, you know, to be able to turn off since we're all within <laughs> a ten foot radius. Yeah, that in, would be difficult. Well, I'll give you any battles. We 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 throw the sarcasm on, especially when the healer has to ask the question of where are you, and it's like, oh well, I'm two feet behind you. <laughs> oh. 
See, I'll this give- would be difficult to be friends, I think, <laughs> playing like this all the time, because that's that's one of the things that I find with people in my life if I play um, MMOs with. It, it's one of those, like, trials by fire where you either, like, really form a great close friendship or you hate each other really quickly. Have you found that this has been a good thing for you guys to play together actually in the same room? How does that work for you? Well, I mean, I admit there's times where we get into maybe more in mind than even vocally into our characters. I mean, there's time when E runs around the corner and pisses me to hell off because I can't reach him. But then I take it very seriously. It's my job to try to at least try to stay with most of the party. But since he's the tank, I got to keep a special eye on him. He's a dwarven barbarian. He's a little challenged. So I have to take a deep breath and go with it. <laughs> All right. It's true. It's, it's true. If, but hey, but hey, to my credit, I know the sound like Pavlov, like the bell for Pavlov's dogs. I know the sound of the healing aura. Okay. You play, you the cleric throws the healing aura. I hear that sound. I can't describe what it is, but my brain, it's like something snaps in my brain and I immediately start running back towards the cleric. I don't even know why. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an interesting experiment for you, Trig, yes. or Michael Sr., to have that on recording and then just play it in real life and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you want an example of roleplay, though, I can give you the ongoing joke that bleeds into tabletop, actually. Okay. Um, our one guildmate who is having technical difficulty sitting here, uh, his car- he's Mayor King, and he plays this paladin. Well, this paladin likes to walk into these poor caves and kill all these animals. And when the ranger, Trick, gives him flack, he tells the ranger, well, animals have their souls. So the, an ensuing argument happens. And then we, we quickly get him to defend this, like some theological discussion on how animals have their souls and how it's okay for him to slay them. Uh, and we're, okay. we're making rules now. Apparently, if they don't talk and have no thumbs, then they don't have souls. They have no souls. If a parrot talks, then it must have a soul. But if we eliminate it before it talks, then we didn't know and we're okay. (laughs) Ways around the rule. And so this kind of bounces back and forth between DDO and tabletop. Okay. Yeah, we the, this is an ongoing discussion amongst multi-tiered discussion amongst many characters. We we actually ran into the the biggest issue when uh, he was playing a paladin. We we played our three characters: Tricker, Michael Senior, and Merrick in a a role-playing campaign. Well, Merrick ends up getting killed, and he's replaced with a druid. Well, I start up immediately. Oh well, my friend Merrick says animals don't have a soul, and I would just kill animals, and the druid would immediately be on my case for it. (laughs) Hmm. See, in our campaign, I've never really come across uh, an animal in the game that I've had that issue with. Um, what? Um, where are you right now in your Dungeons and Dragons uh, pencil and paper campaign? What are you working on? Actually, I am running Pathfinder, which I guess is more point three point oh. seven five. Okay. Um, so we're going through with that. But it, it's kind of funny. As much as we've been playing together for so long. There's there's parts of the personalities, no matter what the class, no matter what the race, they kind of bleed through. And those are the the things where it's kind of like in a, in a sport or any organized thing. When you have the same people around you, you learn their tells, you learn their habits, and you don't worry about it. It's covered. Mm-hmm. And we do that. And I guess you can call it out of game a little bit. But if we're separated and we know there's a situation in the game role playing, and I'm like, oh, he's got that. I don't have to worry about it. I know he'll step up and do it. So that's kind right. of what we do. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, Michael Sr., let's turn to you for a second. Uh, I know you've done segments for the DDO Cocktail Hour and also the DDO Cast, and you're going to be premiering a new segment for me about consumables. Can you tell us more about that, if you would? Uh, yes. I, uh, since I'm a one-trick pony and I only play <laughs> DDO, and since it's my first MMO, I guess I'm very close-minded, but um, I just wanted to kind of branch out. I like what your podcast does, and I think it'll be fun to do something else. Plus, I'm angry Skaggy got to it first. <laughs> I didn't realize you know, it was a race. Well, you know, for quality podcasts like yours, Aww. well, you know, it's, it's going know. on thick. I, on I thick. Felt- <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just want to kind of branch out because I have my own personal things that I'm doing. And as I stated before, I'm an attention whore. So the more my name gets out there in whatever capacity, the more my own private thing that I'm going to be doing uh, gets more attention somehow. Okay. Do you have a title for this uh, segment yet? Uh, <laughs> Gen- like, no. it's Genesee made me do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't thought that far ahead, to be quite honest. I have more recipes backlogged already than I actually do a title for it. Okay, nice. Let's move to your blog and podcast for a few minutes, if you would, uh, The Rambling Dad. Give the listeners some backstory on what that's about and what inspired you to write stories from a father's perspective. Well, the Rambling Dad uh, came about. I, I uh, Eeg and I have talked a, a couple of years about dad podcasts. Um, we're we're very big into our families, and we have some really great father figures. Um, so we threw on idea a couple times, and just stuff happened. You know, little stuff that would stop us from getting it done. Nothing important, but I decided one day uh, to try it. Weebly. Somebody told me it was a free website. Started up. Uh, my character and game name is Michael Senior. Is actually for my dad. Um, my stepdad raised me. Uh, he passed away seven years ago. He would have been 54 this year. Gives you an idea how young he was. He was a phenomenal man. So that's the way I honor him when I play DDO all the time. And that kind of spurred this. Uh, my family supposedly is bards from Ireland. So I'm a storyteller. And so I wanted to document things. And since the new day and age, everything's online. I thought, what better way than to document my own stories that I knew from generations ago up to now? But then I thought it was greedy, so I wanted to put it out for everybody to share. That's very kind. And it's also not in Gaelic, so that also I thank you for. Oh, that would rock if I could speak Gaelic. (laughs) I've always wanted to, I have to say. It's on my list of, my bucket list, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Do you guys have any fun stories or anything you'd like to share with me? I don't think there's enough record time. (laughs) Give me something fun. Something fun. Like, Like now. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Matt. Genesee made me do it. See, know, there it is. I know. <laughs> um, um, fun story, fun story. Let me get off the dad thing. Does, does it mind. have to involve police? <laughs> <laughs> it can be a real life story if you like, Trick. <laughs> I was thinking more gaming, but if it if you want to have a police chase, that's okay. Yeah, All we right. don't talk about this. <laughs> He's like, circle of trust. Circle of trust. Oh, what happens in DDO stays in DDO. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know, I'll tell you, to be quite honest, everything is fun with us. Even when Egan and I are very, very close. And Egan and I regularly get on each other's nerves in some capacity. And we just blow it off. We say it's not important. And we just let it go. So everything's always fun. There's nothing that's ever... There was that one time I ran that, that short event that your neighbor ended up turning into a zombie and completely decimating everybody in the house. That was fun. <laughs> we should talk about that one. I heard the word zombie, neighbor, decimation. I, I don't know. You have I'll, to. 
I'll it tell was... it. Well, you want me to tell it because your mic's horrible? <laughs> no, go ahead. Guys, continue. Okay. Um, <laughs> Trick is running a Dragonlance game that we actually started from level one and took all the way up to level 20, and only one original character survived. But he decided to do something new. He would run for about three months and take a couple months break to recharge. And when he decided to do this new, uh, I guess you would say jockeying for position for uh, to get something special out of the game, only three people showed. Everybody else canceled. And he said, the heck with it. I'm running it anyway. And he ran a zombie survival situation. We each got to pick a character class from D&D that was pretty much resembled us. You know, you're not going to be a wizard or a cleric and, and throw out spells, things like that. Oh, but no, it had... I that. Uh, did you? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, everything but Paladin. Right. So what happened was is that we were us. We had to make the ability scores of our physical traits and mental traits. And then my neighbor across the street, a good friend of ours that we all know, uh, walked in my front door and he was a zombie. <laughs> so you went from planning for a Dungeons & Dragons game for Dragonlance to a zombie survival. Now, I'll tell you why it wasn't fair. Uh, I am one of those very, um, uh, yeah, I'm addicted to zombies. <laughs> I'm more about zombies in the end of the world than Samus from DDO Cartel Hours yeah. about the end of the world. And um, they took place in my house. So automatically, I already have like four zombie plants for my own house. So every, I won, to say the least. <laughs> and sadly, most of them do not include any kind of protective shutters or windows or anything. <laughs> okay, so you're not going to like hole up in your house, what you're saying. You're leaving well, the location. I, I, oh no, don't get him started. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised how many guests want to talk about their zombie plan. So I'm on two hours. Go ahead, tell them. I'm not going to tell you my zombie plan because then you would know where I'd be. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But if I'm a zombie, I won't retain that knowledge. I'll no, just, I'll just go brains. I won't know. It doesn't matter because the more dangerous people than zombies are people that are desperate. And they will come scavenge. And you're wasting ammo on the alive when you can do other things to them, but they come at you fast. <laughs> yeah, okay we can only share this information off you, with you offline. We won't reveal the secret zombie plan. Here, here's the best question. Trick asked me one day, I have a four-year-old that's going to be five next month. He goes, what if she's bit? I looked him right in the eye and said, I'd put her down. Oh, your wife? You would shoot your <laughs> no, wife? No, no, no. My, my four-year-old child. Your child? <laughs> If she's infected, we're done. Oh my gosh! You wouldn't keep her in the shed, like what's his face? No, no. See, that's all. <laughs> no, no, Sean of the Dead here. I don't think he's even seen that movie. Oh. It's a very serious thing for him. Zombies can't mess with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> now it's, I'm a little bit. It border, it's borderline scary. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, when the hurricane came, my house was ready for lockdown for 72 hours. I put my zombie plan into initiation for water, food, fuel, no electricity. So I was ready. If only we knew the zombies had to flood your house to get you out of it, they'd won. <laughs> I'm sure they'll Thanks. figure that out eventually. The trick, don't talk about flooding. Somebody else besides <laughs> me right now has an issue with that. We don't want to talk about that. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're getting ready to end now. Is there anything you wanted to say about any of the stuff we talked about earlier? Um, I, I, If people get a chance to have a, a close-knit friends as a guild, I know a couple other people that I've talked to do that. And you can be in the same room. I think it is such an advantage uh, for your relationship. It actually builds your relationship because you can spend more time together, but you get to do all the crazy stuff you'd like to do, but you never find time to do. And instead of doing it over the air, you know, electronically, when you're only 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from each other, take the time to get together and do it. 
It's just so much more fun. It's kind of like those late night parties back in high school where you would be watching cheesy B movies and, and cracking up at three o'clock in the morning and not even know what you're laughing about. Those good times yeah. you can still have an adult, an adult married parents, whatever. You can still do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to add something too. Uh, you were talking earlier about how uh, when you run with your guildies, you either love them or you hate them pretty quickly. But when it's, when you're actually running with someone who's sitting next to you, it's just like when, um, you're talking on the phone with someone, uh, a stranger. Um, people tend to be a lot braver and, and a lot meaner, I think, um, when they don't ever have to see the person. But when you actually are sitting next to uh, the person that's playing uh, with you in your group, uh, you tend to care a lot more about them. And you also learn to adapt um, in a way that I think you wouldn't if, um, if you weren't seeing them regularly. If you didn't have to see them again, you would just run away. And and you, you kind of know when you're stepping on somebody's toes when they, they take your soul stone and they put it in the lake of lava <laughs> and then walk away from it. <laughs> or they hand it to a hireling and then dismiss the hireling. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, man, that's harsh. Yeah. I, I think those are very good points in the sense that uh, a lot of people that I know, and myself included, tend to have sort of like a gaming life and then a friend life, and they're very separate you know, lives. And it's, it's interesting when you find people or grew up with people that are your friends in real life that also play with you. And you can kind of mesh those two worlds. And I think that's kind of a rarity. People often don't get to actually meet face to face the people that they play online with. So that's, that's a very uh, lucky thing I think you guys all have together. Wow, thanks. Here I thought that everyone did this. In fact, I hardly play if I don't have, uh, if I don't have, if I'm not playing alongside my friends. Ah, see, most people are looking for friends and they don't have any in the area or they find themselves spending so much time online that they meet friends that way and they're often not locationally close. Gotcha. So they ha So they have that sort of online friendship, which is very different, I think, sometimes in the real life friendship. As you're saying, uh, you can tell that person's getting upset. You can get to know them a little better. You can care more about them, things like yeah. that. Well, they, they say the communication in communication, 70% is how you look, 20% is how you sound, and 10% is what you say. And if that's so, then you're really only getting 10% of the experience when you are running with people that you don't know. That's true. I am an advocate for having online friends, but I think it's also important to round out your life with having the real-life people that you see. And I've been reading some scary studies lately. This kind of gets back to you, I guess, Michael Sr., where um, children kind of of the younger generation, the millennials that are maybe one generation below us are having a lot of issues with eye contact and basic things because they're so used to you know, being on these electronic devices or on the computer and things like that. And they're not used to interacting with actual people. So I think it's kind of, it's kind of a problem when we, when we focus too much of our lives online and not enough in the real life as well. I think you have to be balanced. Well, I think it's pretty easy with the kids too. I mean, uh, it sounds holier than thou, I guess, maybe not, but my kids, it's a big deal. I make sure that they make eye contact, that they speak to people, that they're polite and let them know that's just the norm. And I think that that's something that's happened to our generation for maybe not teaching that as a whole. I'm not attacking people that have, and I'm not saying that they're not doing it. And at the same time, though, my daughter knows, you know, she plays video games. She plays DDO next to me. Her computer is right next to mine, so I know who she's talking to and who she's with. And she always runs with me, and that's her reward time. She is always trying to get ready to get a D&D &D group together with 
you know, all her uncles and aunts to play with us. Um, you know, it's, it is that balance. You know, I make sure she has friends that she goes out and she speaks her mind and contacts people of similar interests. So I guess in a way, I mean, it's kind of our own failing that this new generation might not do that. And we really need to kind of put the, uh, put our nose to the grindstone and stop it from continuing to get worse. I think that's definitely true. Um, it's just sort of new, you know, for, I mean, we kind of grew up with technology and I'm, I'm personally fascinated by it. Like I love having my iPad right next to me and I love having my phone and all the rest of that and having all that access to any kind of answer I want at any given time and all the rest of the people around me. But you also have to remember that, you know, you have to take time without that to actually spend time with people that are with you instead of always being mentally somewhere else. You hit it on the nose. Good. A big thank you to Trick in his secret basement hideout. No <laughs> and to Eeg for your very insightful comments. Oh, and thank you. Michael Sr. Uh, you can find Michael Sr. on Twitter at Michael Sr. R-O-T-T or his blog at ramblingdad.weebly.com where you can also find the podcast. If you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationship or just need a new perspective, email me your questions, advice, or suggestions to genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.